whoa, hey, it's me. And guess what? This is a bonus episode. Yep, that's right. It's not Thursday, but I'm dropping an episode just because, hmm, I have a lot to say all the time. Well, thanks for stopping by this random day. Welcome to Christian Mom Uncensored. Hi guys. So obviously this is a bonus episode. I usually only release on Thursdays, but I did kind of want to update you guys about life and chat a little bit. Um, cause it's kind of been a whirlwind. I, I'll tell you, um, with like major technical difficulties, but I'll get into all that. Um, so basically the purpose of this episode is just to like hang out to catch up because last week's episode was kind of I don't know, crummy, right? It wasn't that good. <laughs> um, but this week's episode, um, this Thursday, should be really, really good. I've been saying it for a while, but we are going to have our um, sleep coach, parent coach on the episode. Now that I have all my equipment back up and running, I can go ahead and edit that interview with her, and it should be a really good time. But for today, I just kind of want to hang out with you guys um, and catch up and chat. And yeah, let's do it. All right, like I said, I want to hang out and catch up. So first, let me tell you guys about what happened last week. Last week, Elliot turned four months old, and there is a major sleep regression that happens at four months. Now, just to give you guys some mommy context and things about mom life, Elliot's a really great sleeper. He's a really, really great baby. I'm not going to lie. Now, he did have colic for um, you know the first two months of his life, and that was hard every evening. He would basically be crying for three hours and I would you know, do my best to soothe him until he would go to sleep, but he was just colicky. Um, and I, you know, did everything you're supposed to do for colic, like turn down the lights, like lower the stimulation. I did think that maybe, you know, at the end of the day, he's heard me talking all day. He's heard his dad, he's had his sister in his face. So I, I did figure like a little two month old might be overstimulated. Flash forward, um, basically last month because now he's only four months now he's four months in this month he just became this really great baby and at night even though he was colicky he got to a point where he slept really good so typically um like he has a one o'clock wake up a 3 a.m wake up and then he sleeps till seven um with my when I started going back to work that schedule changed a little bit because I would get up at 5 45 and depending on like how loud I was sometimes he would wake up sometimes he wouldn't um but for the most part even if he did wake up I'd be able to just go ahead and put him back to sleep till at least seven he like typically sleeps until seven and so for a month, I got spoiled with just having a pretty good sleeper. I knew that around eight o'clock, at seven o'clock, we like get ready for bed and we spend that hour kind of winding down. Um, the lights are low. He's changed into pajamas if he isn't already in them. Um, he's probably going to eat, and I'm probably we're just gonna like hang out in bed. Like you know, he's gonna lay there. I'll talk to him. Um, he'll nurse, and then he goes to sleep around eight o'clock and. As soon as he's asleep, I lay him down and he's out till around 1 a.m. And then he wakes up again at 3 a.m. And and then that's it. So that's a pretty good schedule for a baby, um, especially since I could remember so freshly the newborn hours of waking up like every hour, um, knowing that he had, or even like every two hours. But it's like more like every hour and a half. Because, and it's it was just so 
exhausting those like early, early, early weeks. But anyway, um, this four month sleep regression hit my house and I'm telling you, it hit me hard because a lot of people, so this is something you might not consider when, when you have a baby and especially if you're going to breastfeed is that as a breastfeeder, you're the only one that can feed your baby. That means that there isn't really a point for Ethan to get up in the middle of the night because typically babies are not going to wake up because they're wet unless their diaper is super full because like Elliot could wear the same diaper all night or he might need a diaper at the 1 a.m. or 3 a.m. change just depending but typically like there's been nights where he hasn't needed a diaper at all um and that's been well and fine so like if you're going to be like an exclusive breastfeeder that means that every time your baby wakes up in the middle of the night it's on you there's no rolling over and saying hey your turn um and I've heard people say to me well how about you just feed him and then hand him over to your husband you go back to sleep well that's not really going to work because he basically wakes up and eats and falls asleep eating and then I put him right back to sleep so that's one thing so during the sleep regressions during um, like the wake up nighttime feedings, it's really, it's really on me. And I would just rather Ethan sleep so that in the morning, if we're sleeping in or something like he can handle Mia, cause Mia's just going to go to bed at like eight. Well, she goes, she goes to bed kind of late guys. We're working on it. Don't judge me. Um, but she usually wakes up around eight, eight thirty, um, sometimes nine. And, um, He can kind of deal with her then. So the sleep regression hit my house last week. And I'm saying, I'm telling you guys, it was like having a newborn all over again. Where he, for one, just wouldn't sleep long at night. It was like he was waking up almost every hour. And obviously I'm not feeding him every hour because that's a ton. But there would be times where, you know, maybe I fed him two more times. And I usually feed him twice a night. So I fed him four times in a night. And then... Um, he just wouldn't, if I laid him down, you know, the new thing to do is put, to put your baby to sleep drowsy, but awake. So they learn to go to sleep on their own, but it's not like you're putting like a fully awake, stimulated baby to sleep, um, to like laying them down and then just hoping they go to sleep. Cause like, that's not even going to work. So it was just like all night for a couple nights. And then on top of that, I'm still working. So I'm still getting up at 545, 5.30, 5.45, regardless of if I got two hours, three hours of sleep, and then working an eight-hour day on top of, you know, the house and other two-year-old and life. And so come Thursday, the day I'm supposed to release this episode, one, I'm exhausted. So like, I was so tired when I was like, hey guys, so this is the episode. It was only like 20 minutes or something crazy like that. And it's because I was just so exhausted. So then to top it all off, I ended up um, the weekend before. So podcast comes out Thursday. So the Sunday before I recorded the episode with the Millennial Nanny. And I was going to go ahead and edit the episode throughout the week. Because typically that's how I do my editing. Um, Usually everything is done and edited by Wednesday. Um, I listen back to the episode Thursday morning when I first wake up and then I go ahead and upload it just to make sure it makes sense. So like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I typically have time to edit. Well, one, I didn't have a whole lot of time because I didn't have a whole lot of sleep. And then two, all of a sudden everything breaks. And I'm talking like everything's broken. 
all my editing software is not working. Okay, so now I can't edit. I am trying to upload things to Instagram. Like I did, um, if you guys know, I've been doing, I started doing YouTube, literally started doing YouTube, tried to upload it to YouTube. I was able to get my Wednesday video up, but my Monday video didn't go up because it wouldn't upload. And then I can't upload anything to Instagram. Instagram's not working. So literally every part of my life was breaking down my sleep, my technology. And I'm like, well, I have to put something out on Thursday because I'm not going to just like leave my listeners hanging. You know what I mean? Like it's just not good for momentum. Like that's not professional, but that episode I did was not professional anyway. So it was just a whole like slew of things, which is why you got what you got on Thursday. But I just wanted to explain, like literally my life has been a hell. It's been hell like for a week. And, um, I talked to Ethan. I'm like melting down. I'm exhausted. I'm probably like look crazy. Um, there was one day, it actually was on Thursday, I looked myself in the mirror and was like, I don't like what I see. I look rough. And I mean, rough. Ethan was like, yeah, you look really tired. And I was like, you're not, I mean, yeah, well, let me go take a nap or something. Um, but he's working too. <sighs> anyway, so I got all new equipment and I'm ready to rock and roll now. And I will tell you that on Thursday, after everything, I was like, babe, my podcast isn't going up. My YouTube video didn't make it up. Instagram won't let me upload anything to tell people that it's not going up. And he's like, well, this is just like a setback. And I'm like, yeah, it's an annoying setback because one, this is what I like to do. Like, this is what gets me through my, the stuff I don't like in my life. Like this podcast, the YouTube, that's fun for me. That's my outlet. Like, so one, that was making me upset. But then two, I realized something really cool about my husband. He goes, well, I was like, it's just broken. It's broken. I'm crying. Like, I don't know how to fix it. I don't know where to go to fix it. I don't want to go to a store. He's like, I'm just going to get you new stuff. And I'm like, babe, it's kind of expensive. Um, now, to be honest, like what I'm working with isn't that expensive. I mean, it is. It's not like I spent $5,000 on equipment, but he did spend, you know, more on me than I would want him to. And he was like, listen, you have to invest in yourself and I'm going to invest in you because I think that what you're, what you're saying and doing is great. I also think it's good for you. I think he didn't want to see me melt down and cry for another week, to be honest. So he was like, let me just buy whatever you need. So you shut up. And he did. But what it made me realize was it's really great to have a partner who one will invest in you and two will encourage you and support like what you love to do whatever your dreams are and I kind of want to talk about that a little bit because that that is when I realized oh Ethan's not just watching me make silly YouTube videos or um you know record a podcast and think I'm being you know silly he's like respecting the fact that I'm doing it and not that you know I don't (laughs) that makes it sound bad but I just um in that moment, I was just like really thankful and I still am really thankful that my husband, you know, looks at me and he's like, I'm going to buy whatever you need to do what you need to do because I believe in you and I, and I love you. And I'm like, that is amazing. I married the right man, um, obviously, but I, I just said a lot of things, didn't I? <laughs> but so yeah, it's been a crazy, um, week, but I'm not going to lie. Um, so basically I was down with equipment. My equipment was down for a week. And so I wasn't really able to get on Instagram or Facebook 
because it just wasn't working. And that was just like a nice little break. Maybe I like, maybe God was like, Hey, you need a social media break for a minute. Um, so it was nice, but it was also driving me crazy because it was like, well, could I at least just post, Hey, my equipment's not working. So I said I wanted to talk a little bit how, about how important it is to find somebody who supports your dreams and is going to work with them, work with you to achieve them. And um, some of my dreams have been kind of outlandish <laughs> in the past, like wanting to be a movie star, like drop everything and move to California. And even for sure has grounded me in the sense of like, well, I'm not saying we can't move to California today. I mean, ever, but I'm saying that like today um, it's winter and in the winter you always try to leave the state. Um, so I need you to just like simmer down and think about what you want to do. Um, but in terms of like, if you want to have a little podcast, you want to have a little YouTube channel, like go ahead and do it. Um, it's fine. I think as moms, it's important for us to find a place where we can be sane and seen and, um, be ourselves because we're all, you know, we all are ourselves like we're all people before we have kids and before I had kids I was on Vine <laughs> I was on YouTube um you know I did acting classes and obviously I'm not like acting right now I mean I could do a small theater but I don't even know if people are like doing that right now I thought about joining like a theater troupe or something like that um but uh I think it's important for us to find who we are. So if you've always been an artist and you haven't had time to draw because you have three kids or, you know, sit down and, and try to find time to do it. If you have always been a singer, find time to sing. Even if you have to like go to your local church and be like, hey, you know, I'm a singer. I'd really love to sing, you know, one Sunday. Um, just step out and do what you love. It doesn't have to be big or major or life changing, um, but it could be in the future. You never know. So, um I just want to say as mamas, we get so caught up in the day-to-day tasks of, you know, grocery shopping, folding laundry, making dinner, playing with the kids, doing activities, learning time, loving your spouse, um, and then self-care time, which, you know, could be a myriad of things. It could be going for a walk. It could be taking a bubble bath. Um, One big form of self-care for me in the winter is just getting out of the house. And it's so hard with COVID. It's just, oh, like COVID sucks, but then COVID in winter sucks harder. So it could just be surviving. And I think we listen to a lot of like self-help books or speakers and they're like, get out and do your dream. And I'm somebody who always says that, like get out and do your dream, but also acknowledge your limitations of, of COVID and of, um, your mental sanity. Like, um, some things, sometimes in life, it's okay to just survive. And then there's times to thrive. So I do believe there's like seasons of life and everything. So this might be a season where you're just surviving, especially if you have seasonal depression. And even if you don't, I don't know about you, but winter's just hard. Like I do not like winter. I don't like putting on coats. I don't like having to put on socks and real shoes. I don't like having to start my car before I get in. I don't like having to bundle the kids up to go anywhere. I just don't like it. And I don't like the cold. Um, I love being able to throw on flip flops, put a baby in a onesie and we're on the road. Like that's, that's my vibe. And so if in winter I can't thrive, I can just survive. That's fine. And I think we all have seasons where it's okay to just survive. Um, you know, I've said this in a previous podcast, there's like such a, um, there's like toxic positivity and there's just this idea of also like, um, worshiping or celebrating the hustle 
the hustle culture and like hustling is good. I think we all need to hustle a little bit in life, but there's a time to hustle and there's a time to breathe. And if you're in a time where you just need to breathe, that's fine. I think more than hustling, it's important as moms for us to find what makes us happy, find what gives us peace, find what gives us a chance to be ourselves. And then once we find that peace, we can hustle that. So like if you're an artist and you can draw really good paintings, sell them on Etsy. Like, you know, start just by painting again. If you are a singer, you know, start just by maybe volunteering to sing once a month at church. Um, or, you know, sing and put a YouTube video up, do whatever makes you happy. And then you can hustle at it later. Um, because there's just seasons of life and like so like I'm saying there's a season of hustle so that means you know what you're hustle and grinding after there's a season of discovery where you're finding out what you want to hustle and grind after and there's a season to like cultivate who you are and figure out who you are and figure out what you like and after kids I will say you might have to reevaluate that you might have to re-explore that um because a lot changes after having kids. Uh, I mean, like friendships change, relationships change. My friendships for sure changed after college. It hit me hard. Um, this was way before I had Mia and Elliot. But after college, I was so used to seeing my friends planning our, you know, dinners and events and things like that, that it hit me hard when that wasn't a part of my daily life anymore. It became such a huge part of my identity. And then I kind of got some of that back um, as I made adult friends. And then I had kids and, you know, those adult friends weren't around or I couldn't, you know, go to happy hour. I couldn't mm-hmm. hang out super late because um, I have a baby at home. So and so basically what I'm saying is that what you want and what you aspire to be and what you love to do may change as you get older. It may change as you have as you have kids, but it's important that you always go back and find it and find that little piece of you. And so this podcast is a little piece of me. I like to talk. I like, I'm not afraid of public speaking. Obviously I've been, I got engaged on stage. I always say that uh, at the end of a play I was in, uh, my husband came up and proposed. So public speaking isn't my fear. Obviously I get nervous, but it's like um, in acting, you kind of change that nervous energy into like positive energy. So anyway, just rambling just to say it's okay to rest. It's also okay to hustle, but it's ultimately important that you find time to relearn yourself and relearn what you love and then to cultivate whatever it is that you love and then you can hustle after it. So I'm kind of in the hustle stage, but I'm like hustling really bad because I have two littles. So my hustle doesn't look like some other people's hustle. Um, Some other people get up at 5 a.m. and work out. That's not, I would love to have a six pack. Actually, no, I wouldn't. I would just love to have like the Pilates body. That's my new goal. Um, But I don't have time right now. And I can admit that. In this season of working and having two littles and we're all at home and there's no additional help really, but I don't have time to have a Pilates body. I have time to record a podcast, do a video, upload it, edit it, cook dinner, plan dinner, plan activities, do laundry, make sure everyone has clothes, make sure Elliot has enough diapers, make sure that there's not another snowstorm before we get groceries and like all of this other stuff. So you know, when I'm done with one of those aspects, and for me, it'll be the eight hour work day, then yeah, I'll have like, I'll have 30 minutes a day to work on my Pilates body. Do I have 30 minutes right now? No. All right. That was a lot of randomness, but I think you guys can make some sort of sense out of what I just said.
I just want to add something silly that kind of just made me feel like myself. So I am an avid, or I used to be, and I'm getting back into it, an avid documentary watcher. And I always go through this period. I don't think it's like postpartum depression, and I don't think it's really postpartum anxiety either. But after I have kids where I can't handle seeing anything negative, I can't. Like I can't, I literally cannot handle it at all. So I won't watch like any documentary, any true crime, and that's like my that's like my thing. I'm into true crime and into documentaries. I like learning new things. I just find them interesting. Um, Documentaries are my jam. And I finally got back to watching documentaries. So I've been watching, I just finished watching um, the Britney Spears documentary that was done by New York Times. And I want to talk about it. Oh my gosh. Because obviously my name is Britney. I was a 90s baby. Hello, huge Britney Spears fan. But um, The point is it takes a little while to get back to yourself after you have kids. And it's okay if it takes a little while. Um, You know, I had Mia almost three years ago in July. And it's taken this long to kind of find my thing again. Get back in the groove, if you will. Even though most days I'm out of whack. And something as little as watching a documentary makes me feel like myself. Isn't that silly? Like, to have the time to watch a documentary is great. Just to be able to have a minute to like, okay, I'm just going to check this out. makes me feel like myself. And you'll get there. You'll get to a point where like a little thing clicks. Like maybe you had the time to go for a jog. Maybe you're a runner. Um, Good luck and good for you if you are. But um, when you have like 30 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half to to like do something that's normal for yourself, it sounds silly, but um, Elliot's having tummy time and he's not liking it. Um, it just makes you feel like yourself. And just watching this documentary made me feel like myself. I got coffee and breakfast from like a little coffee shop in town. Like not Starbucks. Love Starbucks. But I just got it from like a little coffee shop in town. It's um, Saturday morning as I'm recording. And I just watched the Britney Spears documentary. And I just felt like myself. Because that's such a me thing to do. And it's silly. But like it just feels good. I don't know why, but I do. We have to talk about this documentary. Oh my gosh. We have to dive into all of it. Let's do it. So spoiler alert. If you haven't watched the Britney Spears documentary, I'm going to talk about it now. And if you haven't watched it, like here, you'll have you, if you listen to the next part of this podcast, you'll get to hear some details. So I'm going to break down and chat a little bit. Basically it's my opinion, but also just overall, like what this documentary was even about. So this documentary, it's on Hulu. It is by the New York Times. And so for one, I am somebody who has, I was having a conversation with my husband about this earlier. Um, when it comes to news and reporting and things, I have a degree in journalism. So my very first classes taught me like how to decipher fake news and good news and all this other stuff. Like what are your news source, resource, like what are your news sources and how important it is to have like a variety anyway, I typically do respect the New York Times. And if you think about it, like we always in a society, like we praise New York Times bestselling authors, like the New York Times is well respected. So they do this documentary on Britney Spears. And like I said earlier, I was born in 1993. I grew up loving Britney Spears. Like I remember being a kid at gymnastics, asking my coach to play Um, Circus by Britney Spears and Womanizer by Britney Spears. I was probably like 12 years old, probably like around 12 years old. And 
I'm telling you, I was for sure obsessed. So the documentary goes on um, and it kind of starts like showing like how she became who she is, like how she became super famous, um, like talking about her talent and like her, like all about her, like how um, she was sweet and innocent, but also like a little sexy. So like parents kind of didn't like her. Um, girls liked her because it felt like you could be yourself and like all of these really cool things about Britney Spears. Fun fact, like as a kid growing up, my name is like one, Britney Spears is B-R-I-T-N-E-Y and I'm B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y. So I used to always be like, um, my name is spelled like Britney Spears, but with an extra T. Like that's how I told people how to spell my name. So just like take that Britney Spears like impressed on us as a society especially like as millennials like they impressed on us and so the documentary is all going on about Britney Spears and it gets to a point where Britney dates Justin Timberlake and I remember when they dated um and they end up breaking up and there's like rumors that she cheated on him and we're gonna we're gonna dive into this Justin Timberlake issue first and, um, basically people like bashing her saying like, oh my gosh, did you, what did you do to make like you guys break up? You guys are like America's couple, whatever, whatever, whatever this happens at the same time as like the whole scandal with Monica Lewinsky. Um, and so it's like really sad. So Justin Timberlake writes the song, Cry Me a River. And like the music video is pretty much trying to portray, Britney Spears cheating on him in a way it's like that they're breaking up this is gonna help launch his solo career because if you remember Justin Timberlake member of NSYNC kind of leaves and like honestly when they did break up I was doubting he would have a good career obviously I was wrong his career is huge he's blown up and to be honest I for a long time um really loved Justin Timberlake like mirrors that song mirrors is my song like sexy back like all of it so here's issue number one it was misogynistic um people are basically trying to cancel justin timberlake for two reasons one if you remember the super bowl scandal with uh, janet jackson and two because of how he benefited from the breakup from britney spears because at the time like she's like the highest like probably like the most popular female pop star celebrity overall and um he benefits from this breakup so because justin you know benefits it's obviously that it's obvious that hollywood has been and you know a male dominated culture right men benefit from the hurt of others so basically justin timberlake benefited from the hurt of britney spears and so that's why people are trying to cancel him now in days so we live in cancel culture and i'm gonna say something about cancel culture um, me and Ethan were having this conversation and he was like, well, if you breathe the wrong way, you get canceled. And I was, I, I agree that sometimes in this day and age of cancel culture, it's good because in an instance, it's making people kind of live up to their mistakes, right? Like you make this mistake and you are, you're canceled. You're, there's no coming back. It's over for you. Um, and I kind of have mixed feelings about it. On one way, I think it's good for certain things and for certain people. I do think in certain circumstances, there are times when, you know, you deserve to get canceled. And in, in, in an instance, Justin Timberlake um, 
I don't know if he'll be forever canceled. I don't know if he's officially canceled. I don't know what's going to happen to his career. But it's good for him to kind of like wake up and see what is wrong in the world. At the same time, I do feel like it is kind of a dangerous game we play um, in this new world where everyone just gets canceled because we're all human. And I'm not condoning anything anyone has ever done that is bad. What I'm saying is it's a little bit scary to know that, you know, if you make one little mistake, you'll be canceled. And um, that can be damaging for a lot of people. Now, do you remember a couple of podcast episodes ago, there was this mom, I talked about this mom who basically went on Instagram and was telling a story about how she thought, like how she was targeted for a child abduction, right? But then the people who were there ended up like coming out and like talking about it, talking about how it was more like, um, it was like more controversial than it was because she had like multiple times done some questionable sort of like racist behaviors. And so maybe she was um, being racist towards this couple that really had nothing to do with her um, and was just trying to use the story to gain fame. And so basically she got canceled, deleted her whole Instagram. I don't even know who she is anymore. I remember at the time I followed her because I was like, wow, she almost got abducted. And then I saw everything afterwards. I was like, hmm, skeptical. At the end of the day, though, I think it is good to bring awareness about being, you know, being smart around your surroundings, but also I'm a person of color. Um, I'm not really down with you profiling people. So anyway, basically Justin Timberlake is getting canceled because of everything that happened with Britney Spears and, um, with the documentary come out, coming out, it's like hitting him hard on social media. People are like, oh no, cancel Justin Timberlake or whatever. And he put out this statement on Instagram that was kind of like a blatant statement about like how he realizes that he has benefited from misogyny and um, he's sorry for his actions for Britney and and Janet Jackson. And it was like a perfectly crafted PR statement, which is, you know, what you do in a crisis. I I actually focused in PR in college. So like... um, I was a communications major, but was focusing in PR and journalism because I wasn't sure which way I wanted to go. Um, I was thinking PR, but I did a lot of studying in journalism, um, having on radio show. What do you, what do you know? Um, but so anyway, the way I feel about Justin Timberlake's statement is it's a great PR statement. I don't know what he's going on through going through mentally. I could see how like a young, dumb, ignorant guy you know, back in the 2000s was like, yeah, everyone's mad that we broke up. I'm going to lift my career. Or even like um, whoever created the creative team for the music video is like, what if we did this? And he's like, that's a genius. I'll for sure get um, like hits from it. Um, but yeah, so Justin Timberlake's being canceled. I do think it's messed up and he has some growing and learning to do himself. Um, kind of like, oh my gosh, taking a random pause, Chris Harrison being canceled <sighs> from the bachelor guys, I am, I am part of bachelor nation. And, um, that's some other tea, the whole other tea. That's a whole other tea with Chris Harrison and everything that went down with basically him getting canceled, but not really him stepping away. And I don't even know what's going to happen, but there's a lot going on bachelor nation right now. Um, So basically, the documentary does cover that aspect of Justin, which is why if you haven't watched it, you're like, what's going on with him? It's just that the documentary shows the part in, you know, 
the life of Britney Spears, where her and Justin dated. They were Americans, America's couple, basically. And then they broke up and it was targeted to what did Britney do to, co- to cause the breakup? And so um, Justin Timberlake might be canceled. But regardless, I'm mad at him and I'm all for the free Britney movement because I'm a passionate Britney Spears lover. And I think there's a lot that's going on wrong with the conservatorship, which I'm going to get into. But um, yeah, I feel like Justin Timberlake, like he's a dad, he's a husband, he's like older now that he probably... Like, if you think about the mistakes you've made in your life, for instance, right? I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. If someone were to look at me and be like, Brittany, remember when you dated the boy your best friend liked? You are not a feminist. You are not for women. And they canceled me. I would be upset. Like, I was 16. And I broke up with that guy. And I didn't even really like that guy. And I just did it because he asked me out and he was kind of cute and it was wrong. And I'm sorry. And if I got canceled for that, I would be so mad because that's not who I am today. First of all, me and my best friend have different, completely different tastes in men. Two, if she really liked someone, I would just never look at them that way because she liked them. And three, like I was a child. So that's kind of like the comparison with cult cancel um, cancel culture and our famous JT. And it's so crazy because there's this whole story about JT, right? So my, 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 um, was it maiden name? I was Brittany JT. So I used to be like Justin Timberlake and now I'm like, can't even do that. So like, obviously these celebrities had a big impact, um, impact on my life when I was younger, Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, like all of them did. But let's get some, let's dive some more into um, this whole, the downfall of Britney Spears, the conservatorship and everything, because that's like the meat of the documentary. All right. So after, basically the documentary goes on after the decline from, after the breakup from, with Justin Timberlake, a couple of different things happened. Britney um, dates this guy, Kevin Federline. I remember thinking he was a total schizo, weirdo, like not, I was like, oh, him. Um, they end up having kids and they end up going through a divorce. And this is where, this is like around the time everything gets a little bit crazy. One thing that you have to know is paparazzi's insane. I mean, I was watching this documentary and like there is this one point where Britney Spears is with a friend or something going to sit down and eat, right? At a, like a restaurant um, of some sort. And there's so many cameras and the lights just flashing and our heads down. And I'm thinking like, at one point when I was younger, I wanted to be like that famous. Um, that would be so not cool nowadays, like in real life. And she just looking at how, how intense the paparazzi was around her. Like I feel, I feel for her. Like she could breathe the wrong way and she would be on a tabloid, um, of Britney Spears did this, Britney Spears did that because photos of her were selling for like a million dollars a photo. And so, the paparazzi is like always like in her face going to get ice cream going to eat at the restaurant going to do everything like the paparazzi is there and at one point she has her one of her kids I don't know which one and she's driving a car with her kid in in her lap and I remember that photo and I remember thinking what the heck is she doing now I was a kid myself at the time when that article came out and basically she said um she was with her she was with her son and when she was growing up now think about this she grew up in the 80s for the most part 
right? And like was rose into stardom in the early 90s or in the later 90s. And then like, you know, 2000s was like her jam. Actually, the 2000s were kind of her downfall. So her dad used to drive with her on her lap. I'm picturing a station wagon. I'm picturing like, you know, old times when, you know, people didn't wear seatbelts, like safety wasn't really a thing. And so she said, you know, in this interview, she was scared and she wanted to go home and the paparazzi was like swarming her car on all sides. So think about it. If you're trying to put your kid in the car, there's people behind you, people bumping you, people on the other side of your car. I would be nervous too. Not to think that someone would take my kid because at this point, she pretty much knows the paparazzi probably by name because they're always around her. But I would be like, you need to respect the fact I have kid a kid and give me space. Because at that point, I would want to knock a paparazzi out. And so she's just being a frazzled mom, gets in the front seat, drives with her kid. And people are like, you're a bad mom. That's super dangerous. And I agree, it's super dangerous. But like our moments of lapse of judgment shouldn't determine like if we're good or bad people, good or bad moms or whatever. Now, obviously, I would never in my life put my kid in the front seat with me and drive. I have sat with my kid in the front seat and nursed. That's different. And then put him back in there their car seat and drove home but so that happens and then the other thing is to note that she has her kids pretty much back to back and her mom thinks that she had postpartum depression which could have been the case could not have been the case it's it's all of its speculation and I could see that I could see that when you're a huge celebrity you were bashed for Justin Timberlake you have babies When you become a mom, your mama bear instinct like activates like no other. And all of a sudden, the paparazzi probably is all up in your space. You don't feel like yourself. I'm thinking my baby is four months old. I am still like new. Like my baby's still new. My body is not back. I feel like a zombie some days. Um, I'm not a celebrity. So I'm glad I don't have to deal with that pressure. But like just feeling that not like yourself for so long it it takes so long after you have a baby to kind of like get your groove back and like at four months I'm like slowly starting to get to that space but like I said earlier like the sleep regression obviously knocked me back a hundred steps and if she did have postpartum oh well and so they they go on to talk about she shaved her head she's unstable um, she's basically saying, like, the girl you want with, like, the pretty hair, the Britney Spears, like, I'm not her, leave me alone, whatever. And anyway, eventually she shaves her head and she basically gets placed into a conservatorship where basically conservatorships are typically for elder, old, el- like, older people, people who cannot control their money or finances, basically like the head of your estate, kind of. And so she's been in this conservatorship for years and years. And at this point, she's probably can handle her money. Like she is a grown adult, whatever moment of like mental health issue or whatever she was going through, whatever lapse of judgment, I think it's wrong. I feel like I had a time in my life where I was not doing well in college. And if I had a lot of money, my mom would probably need to take my cards and my account and like just be in charge in charge of it but I, I never had a lot of money I was a broke college kid like the rest of us and it's fine for someone to step in to help you but it's different to for someone to step in and basically hold you captive and now you can't do this you can't go here you can't do that like you 
you know, aren't allowed to do certain things. I feel like with the conservatorship, she basically was going through this divorce with Kevin Federline. They both were trying to get custody of her kids, and she wanted to see her kids. And as a mom, I think of if my kids, God forbid, were ever taken from me, I would do everything in my power to see them and get them back, including flee the country. But I'm just saying, like... Like, my kids are my everything. And if you're a mom, you know that feeling. Your kids are your everything. Um, And so she might have went into it thinking this would be temporary. Probably went into it thinking maybe I'll get to see my kids. And at first, the conservatorship looks like it benefited her. She's back to doing her career. Her career's rising again. She gets to see her kids. But she's been in this thing for so long that it doesn't make any sense. And one of the lawyers on the... On the um, in the documentary said, I have never seen a conservative, which is Britney Spears, ever come out of a conservatorship successful, like say, I don't want it anymore. And the problem with it, it's like, once you sign those papers, you can't go back the next day and say, "Never mind, I don't need this anymore. Because now you're not capable of making those decisions. And I think it's really insane that the court can't say, hey, we're going to come out and we're going to observe her for X amount of time and we'll make a decision. Or, hey, I'm going to go talk to her doctors and we're going to make a decision. But there's so many factors and so many conspiracy theories that even I have, like, say a court, you know, a lawyer or whoever went to, like, her doctors and was like, hey, do you think Britney's capable of handling her assets? I can see those doctors being paid off to say no so that her father and whoever else, well, that's not her dad right now, but whoever else can continue to to be in charge of this conservatorship. And so I think it's a tricky, slippery slope, but it's not cool that in America that can happen. And I think if you could kind of compare it to if you ever, I've never had this experience, but just think about it. I've seen it on TV. Um, Check yourself into like a mental institution. Like you're having a nervous breakdown, you're having whatever the problem is, you check yourself in. Well, you can't just leave the next day. You've checked yourself in and now whoever you checked yourself into is like liable for whatever happens, whatever you do. So until they're sure you're good to go, they're not going to let you go. And at this point, it's basically been that situation, but prolonged for so long, seemingly without reason. I obviously... I'm not Britney Spears. I'm not a legal team. I've never met her. Don't know these people. I don't know. I'm just, you know, observing from everything that I've seen. It's obvious that she probably can handle herself. In my opinion, I think she can handle herself. And I think it's crazy that she can't just go and be like, it's evident she's fine. Let, like, let's let her go. And if she's not, that's a different story. So anyway, the documentary was really good. And I just felt like, it's not fair for people to judge a new mom because being a mom is hard and to be a, a celebrity of that level and a new mom has to be the hardest thing to be a celebrity and go through a dark time in your life has to be a hard thing. There was a moment where Brittany like attacked a paparazzi car and I remember those photos too. And, um, the paparazzi was explaining like they were following her and he was saying like, Hey, can I ask you a few questions and I'm going to leave you alone. And she just went off. And at that point you have to think at some point you're going to break. I remember one day, weeks ago, maybe like a month or so ago, I was like just back at work, no sleep house was a mess, kids screaming at me all day. And I just yelled, I can't do this anymore. 
and Ethan came running upstairs like what's wrong and I'm like sobbing and I'm like I'm overwhelmed I don't know what to do and if I had been a celebrity they would be like and people were near me they'd be like Britney's losing her mind well yes for five minutes on one day out of this year maybe I lost my mind but I'm cool like I'm fine there's nothing wrong with me I was just overwhelmed so Anyway, the documentary is really good, all about the free Britney movement. If at any point Britney Spears says, guys, I don't want this, I don't want this attention, I'm okay, great. But until then, free Britney, let her be herself, do her. Um, I'm a huge Britney Spears fan, like I said. I'm talking like made dance routines and everything. Um, It's a great documentary. If you haven't seen it, check it out. But basically, that's how I feel about it, is the conservatorship is literally insane that it's that it's illegal for it to go on this long especially for someone that young it's not like she's 98 years old and senile you know what I mean like that's a different story I feel like a conservatorship should only be for a year and then it should be reevaluated every single year and even a year seems long to me like six months like okay for six months you're gonna be this and then it's gonna terminate and in order for you to have a conservator the conservator has to have a whole new case or something like that because hope I'm hoping I'm really hoping that this will change laws and set a precedent that conservatorships have to be reevaluated like there needs to be something done on that level so things like this can't happen to people because how do you take away someone's freedom for 20 years, for 10 years, for 20 years? Like, that's that's not cool. So, um, yeah, that's what I have to say about the documentary. Anyway, so that was pretty much what I wanted to kind of chat about today. I don't know if you guys have been um, listening to, like, the Britney Spears podcast. There's a free Britney podcast, kind of, where they dissect her Instagram posts and, like, really give detailed information about the conservatorship and everything going on with that. Um, I haven't listened to it because I don't want to go down all these rabbit holes and become obsessed, but the doc was really good. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed um, today's bonus episode. Don't forget to uh, make sure you're just subscribed. Give me a five-star rating on Apple, please, on iTunes. Um, Leave me a little review, a comment, send me a DM, do whatever you want to do. Um, you can follow me at Christian Mom Uncensored on YouTube, on Instagram, um, also on TikTok. If you are in any of those spaces and want to just follow the fun, that's where you can do it. And I will talk to you guys on Thursday. Have a fabulous um, rest of the week, hopefully. I don't know if you guys got snow, but we got a little bit of snow. But I heard that, like, our weather's breaking a little bit. Like, we're going to be in the 50s this week, and I'm really excited for it. Like, I'm talking about, I'm ready to hit the park. Like, is that park weather? Because it's going to be park weather. Anyway, have a great day. Bye.